Welcome to My Best 11 podcast. Today we are joined by a man who's got 46 Northern Irish caps and five goals. Uh, started his career off at Leeds, then went on a huge tour around um, the UK. Bournemouth, Stockport, Cardiff, Luton, Swansea, Dundee, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Plymouth, Salisbury, and finishing his career off in Linfield. And is currently manager at Pirin Blagovgrad. He said, I'm okay to say it like that because he reckons he's the king of the city. How are you, Warren? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. You said it very, very well there. You weren't, well, not like the first time off, uh, off recording, but you said it very, very well. <laughs> thank you. And Marv, how do you say it? You say it by... Perfect. Beautiful. Did you hear that? Beautiful. Did, 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 the, did the sound go off for some reason? Oh, damn. Oh, beautiful. Oh, how are you? Quick, you cracked it. <laughs> How are you, Marvin? I, I'm good, Andrew. Like, um, this is going to be interesting. This episode, shall we just say, interesting. Vino is probably like up there. I mean, I don't really care what too many people think about me, but this guy is beyond that. He's beyond that. Trust me. So it'd be interesting. <laughs> I'm sensible now. Sensible. You're sensible now. That's good. Since not, 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 so, for next, not for the next 20 minutes. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through and Warren's going to pick the best 11 players he's ever played with on a park for or park with. That includes Northern Irish players as well. So you're managing at the moment. Yes. What took you to Bulgaria to manage before we get into your formation stuff? I mean, they're a famous club. I read up there. It's actually where Berbatov started. Yep. Yep. You know what? I'd lost a little bit of interest in football with, I was always an honest guy and uh, obviously going into the managing side of it, coaching side of it, and, you know, I was always one, if you had a problem, sort it at your face and I couldn't, I lost my job at Newport um, for wanting to bring in people. I went to Notts County, it was the exact same, someone who we had as a youth coach and obviously you're Australian, obviously Harry Kuehl was a manager and I worked under Harry, or you're out yep. in Australia, sorry, Andrew. Um, but we had a youth coacher at, at Leeds who was a director of football and I just couldn't believe what I, what I heard once. And um, I was always an honest guy. I told the manager, lost their job because we're being too honest. So cut a, a long story short, I moved all my family back to Northern Ireland. I thought, I can't do with the football that things get on behind the scenes. Took a job back home and then I got a phone call to go to Bulgaria and I'm not messing. The first words were F in Bulgaria. I went because I just thought, wow, the last time I was out there was actually was with Luton. And I remember um, it was a pre-season trip and we're in the nightclub, six nights out of eight. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, that's, that's my flight ticket book. Uh, so, you know, it was a, a contact in England and I went out. And you know what? I'm not messing it. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm loving my time there. Um, and we've had a very, very good season and hopefully it, can, hopefully it continues. Yeah, you've got promotion. Congratulations. Yeah, I got promotion. Don't get me wrong. It's difficult because they don't like, no disrespect, they don't like a change. They don't like someone coming in, especially foreign, and trying to change the mentality. And I knew I'd get resistance. But I was saying, I got, there was 20, there was 30 players actually. Uh, and I got rid of seven in the first two days, just too many. And then over the course of the next six months, I got rid of another 30 as well because it brought some in and got rid of them. And I just thought, 
this needs to change. Um, and I, I recruited well. I brought in 14 to 16 men. Some have been outside the country. Some have played in England experience. And my first words to them, every player, if you don't want to run for me, leave, walk out of the room because we're going to run. And, uh, and to be fair, the boys have been brilliant. I've changed the whole mentality with a team spirit. Um, I let the boys have a beer after games, on the bus. Just brought what I was used to, what I enjoyed as a player. But I know, I know when to cut them dead if I need to. I have no problems doing that at all, you know, as long as I'm honest. Fabulous. And how's your Bulgarian? I know a few words. I know a few words. Uh, Apart from swear words? Oh well, you know, well they know they can they know that in English anyway, so don't worry about that. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's a very hard time. I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> Fantastic. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with um, your best eleven. What formation have you picked, and did you pick it based upon players you wanted, or have you stuck to the formation you love? Formation I love. Don't get me wrong. I've played. Four four or four three three the majority this year, but I'm a four four two man. I just Andre, I don't know what formation ever won a game of football. I'm being honest. For me, players win games, <laughs> and uh, yes, you can follow guidelines, but I just don't get seasons where these false nines drop beat the block, and I'm sitting there going, I just can't get my head around it. So I'm a straight four four two, nice and easy. Andrew, it's, it's, it's Newley with an, with an Irish accent, isn't it? <laughs> False nine rubbish. You should, I wish I'd have heard Newly after Guardiola last against Brighton. Apparently, he didn't even play a striker. He just played attacking midfielders. There was no striker. I'd love to hear Feeney or Newley on that. But, but you know what? You know what? That goes down to the players again. Yeah. Like, what I love, not to, not to pick a striker, but it just shows you it's the player. He's got good players that he trusts. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what Man City formation, Man City play. The, and you, you, you look at the fear, don't get me wrong. The conceded goals, but they're good players. They can play anyone. And, that, and that's what I, I think too many people get caught up in. I went, I went to a, a conference not long ago, and the question was, well, I want you to play through the thirds. And I'm sitting there going, what? It's not an American football pitch. And I go, what does playing through the third mean? And I went, well, from the defence into the mid. And I said, what's happened with a long pass? And I think Man City, at the end of the day, from the European game, Paris Saint-Germain, goal kick. Where'd they get their goal from? Yeah. Edison booted one 70 yards, straight to the left back, crossing a goal. So, to me, is that playing through the third? Or is that a long boot up the pitch? You know? Oh, it's just, it's semantics. That's all it is. It, it's making yourself sound a bit better. So, goalkeeper-wise, we'll jump straight into goalkeeper then. Off we go. So, as Warren will go through his, his pick his player, but will give us some clues along the way and see if myself, Marv, and you listening at home on the train, wherever it is in the car, see if you can guess it as well. He's German. Okay. He's from... <laughs> Germany. Yep, he's from a British Army background. Hence why he left Germany. Oh. oh. But he's not... Is he German? Yes, he's born in Germany. That, yeah, that isn't what I asked. What can, does he play for an international team? He did, yes. And now I reckon that team's not Germany. Correct. Yeah, I thought it was. <laughs> Mark Schwarzer. Sorry? Schwarzer. No. Uh-uh. Is, he, is he not German? I don't know. Is he not German? He's Australian. He 
Why has he got a German name then? Mark, what time's it in America? What time's it in America? I told you it's early. It's seven, <laughs> seven, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Um, right. Um, did he play for, I'm doing this for the listeners as well and helping myself out. Did he play, did he start his career off at United? No. Not play a little thing, bit. No. Did he play for United? No. Ah, I, I was going to go Roy Carroll. I was going to go Roy no, Carroll. Roy, Roy Carroll Belfast. Or, uh, Roy Carroll's. Um, he, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back up now. You were talking about me, Mark Swartzer, and you're now saying <laughs> about Roy Carroll. Oh, my days. <laughs> At least you got the right continent. <laughs> okay, right. right. I'm going to go. My next guest then is Mike Taylor. Correct. Done. Done. Sorry, Mark. That was a good guess, that is. That was a good guess. It was. Mike, Mike, very good professional. Great athlete and fantastic keeper. One of the best every training session, no matter if it was a a bit of fun or we train hard in the games. He was a complete professional for me. So you played with him, obviously, for Northern Ireland then, but he was at Fulham at the time. Was he around Fulham? He was Fulham, Southampton. Uh, yeah, he's been around. He's been around, but he's um, yeah, he was for me. He just had that presence, you know. Very great one on one. Very great one on one. Did he have a suck if you great, score past him in training, or was he all right about it? Yeah, listen, I ruined his confidence a lot in training, so I did. But I had to, I had to pick him up that night. <laughs> Bit, one of those one of those one of those goalkeepers crazy or was he a book book man did he have his head in the book yes he was very as I said he was very professional covered everything looked after himself after games training just uh, obviously I was a bit younger at the time and when you used to come in from the international games or recover I'm like we used to go straight to the bar and have a beer Mike was straight in the gym recovered with Stevie Craig Right now, look at it going. That's why he's playing until he's what thirty-seven. That's why I'm walking around with aches and pains at thirty-one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I so I think Marv's frozen. Marv, he's gone. Gone. Disappeared. Marv's, Marv's gone. Marv's gone. We'll keep going. <laughs> right. If that's all right with you, Warren, without Marv. Yes, no problem. Awesome. I know your time's probably important as well. So no, we move on fine. to. Right back. So right yep. backs. Who have you gone for um, right back? I played with very, very good right backs. Um, numerous clubs, as I said. But one always stood out for me. He was very quick, athletic. You would probably call us the, the wing back. Um, he was Spanish. <laughs> he was Spanish. Um he come over in 2000 and would have been seven. And he went on to have a very, very good career in England with numerous clubs. So he came into Cardiff then? No. Oh, that's all. I assumed because you were playing with Cardiff at the time. Yes, yes. Close, close. Oh, so he came in at Swansea then? <laughs> yep, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, my memory of Swansea defenders at that time is very low. I'm going to have to let you give it to me. It's a boy called Angle Wrangle. Okay. Yep. Who went on QPR. I think he went to Wolves for a bit, but Roberto Martinez brought him in and he was absolutely, he was a right winger, a right winger. 
Yeah. So he wasn't. He was uh, for me. Don't get me wrong. Got a lot of good right backs. Um, Orange Hughes, Northern Ireland, Kevin McNaughton, Cardiff was Kevin Foley, Luton. But for me, Angle Rangel was very, very good. Very yeah. good. So you mentioned there Roberto Martinez, obviously, when you were at uh, Swansea. What was yes. he like to play under? Because obviously he's gone to, on to, I mean, he's now in charge of the world number one team. R- Could R- you see Roberto, that coming with uh, Belgium? Uh, yes. I, I did, to be honest. Roberto was probably one of the best managers I played under. Um, very, very cool. And that's where I learned to be as honest as I can. One day, I'll tell you a quick story about it. One day, um, I'd scored two and we went to Yeovil and we had a game on the Tuesday night and I wasn't in it. I wasn't out of the, in the team and half section in this team. So I was quite a fiery character. By the time he got into his office, I'd kick his door down. I was like, Gaffer, what the is going on here? And he went, well, cool as a cucumber. And I went, why, why don't I went off playing? He goes, sit there. And he goes, what's your job? And I went, score goals. He goes, what's my job? And I went, well, what? He goes, to look after a squad and to win a game. Now nah, you're not in it. So get on with it. I was just like, what the what could I say that? He's just killed Jesus. me. That. <laughs> you know, and that's that's where I've learned to always be honest with players. And um, I look at their words now and I think absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, oh definitely, definitely. But you're so you thought he'd always gone to that that heavy heady heights then. And what have you yeah, taken yeah. on board yourself? Well, Apart from, is from him, just the honesty? Honest. Is it just yeah, the honesty? Or? Honest. Yes, a hundred percent to be honest with players because I think if you're not, you'll tie yourself up and you'll always volunteer too much information. And players never forget. You've got to remember, players will come in and think about themselves. So yeah. they'll remember them one or two words that you've said to them. Where you've got to remember, if you have five players coming in to see you, exactly what you said to every single one. So I try and keep it short and I try and just be honest with them. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So left back, moving across. Left back, um... Played with a lot of good left backs, but one for me stood out. He could have played right back. His left, his right foot was just as good as his left foot. Um, great tackler, international player, and played in the Premier League for years. Played in the Champions League for years, and he was born in the Republic of Ireland. Oh, that's thrown me. He's born in the Republic. Yes. Where did McPhail play? Steve McPhail was. Another fantastic player. McMacker was a, a centre mid more, player. More, yeah, I'd say he's more central mid, left mid, wasn't he? Yeah. That's, who I, that's where my gut was going. Very, very good player, Steve McPhail. Yeah, Marv's really good at these things. Where's Marv? <laughs> he just disappeared. Disappeared. Um, so you said Aaron Hughes, though, but Aaron Hughes isn't in there. No, not Aaron Hughes. Which club, was he, which club did he play with him at? Leeds. He's now a football agent. Oh, um, Ian Hart. Correct. Good. Yes, I was talking good. of course, Ian Hart. Ian Hart, very, very good. Very good. He was amazing. Shoot, he's, he's left peg. I remember some yes. cracking goals. Phenomenal. And you know what? His right foot was just as good. His right foot was just as good. Yeah. Was he, um, what was he like as, as, a, as a man, as a player? Was he, was he, a bit more, because he came across as pretty quiet, actually. No, very aggressive, very fiery. Um, wanted to win. Big, big winning mentality. And uh, as I said, I still speak to Hardy and I. He's a football agent now. He's still in the game. And um, yeah, he's a great player. Great, great player he was. He, he was a steady, 
seven out of ten every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, you say he's a football agent now. Yeah. Do you work with a lot of? Do you work with a lot of the boys? Do you obviously working in Bulgaria? Yeah. Do, you, do you use some of the contacts to to get you some good good players through? Yes, a hundred percent. I don't think you can ever leave um, anything behind, and it makes it a bit easier when you've got the ex players you speak to because. They know what way it works and they know how hard it is for managers. So I try and, I try and stay in contact a lot with ex-players here, agents. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned Harty. I know you're pretty tight with um, Kevin Nichols as well. We've had in the pod. Yeah, yeah. Um, go. What's your craziest Nico story? How long have we got? Nico, for me, was a great captain. Aggressive, demanded the best of his players. Um, but, you know... <laughs> He never, used to, he never used to be scared. That's what, I, no, that's what he, he told us. Of anything. No, he didn't care of anything. Didn't care who he was playing against. But there was one that uh, is probably too rude for the camera, to be honest. Um, because Nico was, uh, was very extreme, very mad. But he, he just, when you went into the changing room, that changing room was like, it was like a nightclub. It was so ready, so lively, so noisy. But to be fair to him, come football, he had us ready. He had us ready for war. Yeah. And uh, he was a fantastic captain to have. Yeah. Is that the type of dressing room you you loved? Is that, I mean, you'd probably come across loads of types of dressing rooms. Did Is that the dressing room that got the best out of you? Because of the type of yeah, character you are? Yeah, it was. We had a great team spirit. You know, we didn't care who we played against. Um, I came in the late, obviously, because I was at a club and, and they bought me. But it was a fantastic um, changing room to be in. Great characters, man. And they demanded the best off each other, and that's why we were so successful. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and was it an easy move to Stockport when you came across? Yeah. You know what? They wanted to take me. Um, Newly wanted to take me in the summer, but I'd signed a pre-contract agreement with Stockport, and uh, I couldn't let it happen. So, as I said, thank goodness I'm going to have a good season, and I'd eventually come around. Yeah. Yeah, and then you signed, obviously, first season in the, in the, um, in the championship as well. Big jump. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know what? But I think nowadays, I think it's tougher years ago than it is nowadays. I think there's too many players going from non-league to League Twos into the championship. Um, and obviously, I've no disrespect to foreigners coming in to better, but I think it was harder years ago, being honest. You could tackle, you could kick. You know, the pitches weren't as good. Um, you know, and I, I just think, I look at it now, and I think it's, you know, when you played years ago, it's you, you could destroy teams now for me. You know, just by just by being aggressive. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you say pitches. They were, I remember Kenilworth Road come December yep. till April, as amazing yep. as the groundsmen were. Yep. It was like it was like a, a, a field. It was like it's been yeah. a plough gone by an officer had gone through. It was ridiculous. So, no, 100%. Um, awesome. So, centre-backs. Moving on to your centre-backs. Centre-backs is very tough because, you know, I've, I've been on the pitch with the legs of Rio Ferdinand. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm quite a loyal man. And the one, the first one I'm going to go for, for me, is probably probably in the top two, three def- best defenders in the Premier League. And you don't have the likes of Arsenal, Man City come after you if you're not a bad player. Um, and still, I'm playing for Man United. Uh, you know, it, it just shows you the type of fella he is. Never forgets his roots. Roots, but for me, he's a successful boy as well. He's won medals, leagues, cups. He just literally won a cup there a couple of days ago. So 
think you know who it is. He, he's going to be my um, he'd be my number one because he, I think he's a fantastic player. So I'm going to guess first centre back started at Man United. Um, his career, I don't know if he started at United. Um, then went to West Brom, and then is at Leicester. Oh, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember his name. Dark Evans. Johnny Evans. 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 Johnny Evans. Yes. It came to me. Yeah. He's been around forever. Yep. Yep. And you know what? I just said you can't have Arsenal, Man City, bloody 18 million for him and be a bad player. You know? How yeah. old is he, Fino? Yeah. He's 32, Johnny. Is that it? And you know what? You, you, you know what? He's a great kid. Great brother, and what I love about Johnny is boys club in Northern Ireland. He gave a substantial amount of his own money to keep the club going. Um, really? Yeah, and I mean a substantial amount, and he never forgets his roots. But talking as a player for me, and I just said before you come on, I the likes of Rio Ferdinand when I was at Leeds. But, you know, you're playing with Johnny, and he's a great kid and for me. I'm, quite, I'm very loyal that way, and that's why um, I went with Johnny. No, that's fantastic. Was was I mean, he, like you said, he started at Man United and he's in his had a good, a good, very good career. But like, mm. he's one of those players who, again, right? I'm going to come compare him to you. You're not exactly quiet, but he seems to be. He's like seems very, very like placid and very, very like calm and the way he plays, sort of thing. Really, is that how yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He just gets on his job. Um, don't get me wrong we had a fantastic Northern Ireland team it was like our loot change room at the time win, lose or draw the boys were on the soup but yeah, he, uh, he knows where the letters heard out Johnny but yeah he just gets on with his job as I said he, you know I think when he left United the United fans weren't happy it was Van Gaal's decision um, I think it was an absolute steal for him to West Brom but you know he, he is he's a calm boy calm on the pitch and just uh, just relaxes the situation you know yeah. Do you think he chose to go to West Brom and then Leicester, or particularly chose to go Leicester rather than Cities or Arsenals? Because surely there must have been some truth to it. What was the yeah. logic? I mean, do, do you know what the logic was? Was it guarantee a first-team football? I think at the time, I don't think they were prepared to let him go to another rival. Um, and that's why he ended up going. And remember, was it 18 million? I think it, was, it might have been Wenger's last year. Um, and then City with 24. I don't really know. Look, his father, Jackie's his agent. Only he'll know, but I'm sure something's behind it. But, you know, he's went to a fantastic club in Leicester with a fantastic manager. Um, and uh, as I say, they're reaping the rewards at the minute. Yeah. Management, do you reckon, or punditry fame? Um, Johnny's a cool dude. You know, he, he could probably... He could, could, uh, could probably go down the manager side of it. You know, you look at Brendan, who he's working on. Their Brendan's very relaxed. Gets the best out of his players, which you can see Johnny can turn that line with him, you know. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So next to Johnny Evans, um, another tough one, but look, I love my best mate Gareth McCauley. Um, and as I say, but there's one that I always found very, very, very hard playing against. Um, good old fashioned British centre half for me. Marv, Marv might have played against him. Uh, Played for Birmingham, and he played with me at Cardiff, but very, very aggressive, playing against, and also demanded the best in the changing room. Um, a lot, a hell of a lot of respect for him. 
because he was a born winner. And as I said, he had played with a lot of players, a lot of good centre backs. Was he? A, was he an international? I don't think he was. I don't. No. I th- he might have been on the twenty-one mark. He might have been on the twenty-one. But I remember he gave me four stitches in my eye playing against him. And the funny story was, the funny story was when I was at Luton. Remember the wee old Luton? doctor, the glasses, the wee doctor, the wee great Doc Berry, Doc Berry, right? That's it. The doc goes to me. Oh, you need stitches? And says, "Do doc, blood's pacing down at the stitch. You think so, doc? Yeah. <laughs> get the half time. Get the half time. So I walk out at half time. I'm nearly sure I could smell whiskey in his breath. Right? He goes. He goes to me. Oh shit! I forgot the uh, anesthetic. And I went, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "I'm gonna have to do my edit." <laughs> you can see you. Neely's trying to do a team talk. I'm fucking sitting in the bed, the blood pushing down, taking his time. He pulls out the way he hooked. I-, I can't, I've got no anesthetic. You're going to have to do it with no needle. So I'm sitting there going, I can smell whiskey in his breath. He's got no anesthetic. What's coming next? <laughs> and to be fair, to be fair, I gripped my teeth. And he-, he got it done, but fuck me, was he in pain? Was he in pain for? Oh my God, look at you. But so who, who was he playing for? When he was at Luton, he was at Cardiff. Cardiff, and I might have played against him. So. Yes, aggressive mate. He was in playing the Carling Cup final. Oh, three times for two different clubs and the FA Cup final. Aggressive. No. The only person you uh, Birmingham around that time. Birmingham, I got in my head as well. Was that time is Stephen Carr, but it can't be him because no, he was a right back. He was a right no. back. Aggressive. He was actually, you know what? He was actually captain of Cardiff and Birmingham. Aggressive as hell. He had a fucking kick lumps in you. This is going to, like, annoy me. I should know this then. A bit like Nico was a captain. A bit like Nico was a captain. Didn't care who he was playing against, who was in his room. He battered people. And that's why Birmingham I love that. And Cardiff. Birmingham and Cardiff sent halves. No, I'm out. No, go on. You've- Darren Purse. And Purse. He's like the bloody. Was he? Was he that aggressive? Was he? Yeah, he was aggressive, man. Really? Aggressive. Yeah, he was aggressive, man. How Come many stitches did you have because of him in training? Four. Oh, uh, he gave four. me four. Me, I played against me an elbow, and you know what? He laughed at me. I turned around him. And, I turned around him. Remember, there's there's still speak to Percy, and I said, "Yeah, he says, here, I'm not the one with the cut eye. You are." <laughs> <laughs> Darren Purse, yeah. Like he, did, I, did he not think he was? I mean, I mean, he was a bit of a like a ball a player, didn't he? Did he not? I didn't think he was aggr- that aggressive. He, he liked to think he, he could play a little he bit. Play, he, he was what I'd call more. I don't think anyone could do it nowadays. He was a defender. No one could defend nowadays for me. Right. Uh, you know, but he was a defender. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Fabulous. Awesome. So what we can do is we're going to pause it here and then when we come back after the break, uh, we'll hear from the rest of Warren Fiend's My Best 11. Awesome. So we're back for part two of My Best 11. So far, we've got Mike Taylor, Angle Wrangle, Ian Hart, Johnny Evans and Darren Purse. Warren's going 4-4-2. So on the left or the right, whichever one you prefer, Warren. On the right? Um... I'll go on the left first. Born in Australia. Oh, go on. That's easy, isn't it? He won a young PFA Player of the Year and come third in the PFA or the yeah Premier League Player of the Year PFA whatever they do 
in the same year yep. and Champions League medal and obviously a fantastic player for the country that you're in. I've got to put his name down already. Oh. Mr. Harry Kuehl. Correct. Harry, obviously we're very close, best friends, but you look at him in that time at Leeds. He was, I remember sitting in his room, no word of a line. His agent at the time was Bernie Mandich. And Harry had Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Roma, Inter Milan, Arsenal, Real Madrid, all come in for him. And that time, sitting in the, his house, that one phone call we were playing the computer, Inter Milan had just put a 25 million bid in there. And that was 2001, 2000. So you're talking then, what are you talking now? 150 million? Easy. What? What age was he then, Fino? Then what age was he? He was Harry would have been twenty. Harry would have been twenty-two, twenty-three, probably. And that, yes. And uh, he had the pick. I was just sat there gobsmacked. He had the pick of where he wanted to go, and he chose Liverpool. It was it was funny because Arsene Wenger flew him to Monaco and had breakfast in Arsene Wenger's flat, Monaco, and. Uh, he chose all his wife's family are all diehard Chelsea fans, but he was a Liverpool boy. And um, that's why he chose Liverpool, you know. But uh, for me, him, because at that time, what a player he was. What a, oh, oh, what's a player, you know. Oh, he's potentially the best player in the country at that time. Like you say, he yeah. won awards galore. He was unplayable. And then his career was just, I wouldn't say ruined, but it was curtailed massively by injuries. Yeah, he, he was... Oh, unbelievable and yeah you know he, he gets it himself with the injuries regarding um, that's the one thing he was a difficult growing problem and he was gutted you know obviously regarding it with, with what happened regards Liverpool but I said to him one you can't take a you've got a Champions League medal no one can take that away from you you know yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely yeah. Champions League medal amongst other things and, and he's a legend here what was he like when you worked with him then a few obviously kind of 10 15, or 15 years later because you work with him um, at Notts County. He, he's very, you know what? Harry's very, thank you, son. Harry is very, very football-minded. Looks really deep into the game. Um, probably, I'm not going to lie, probably one of the best, if not the best coaches. You know, there's things I've learned off him, I'm being honest. Um, where I like to manage, he's probably more into the, the depth of coaching. And uh it's a shame, really, that, it, that he's out because his ideas are very, very good. But that's what I said in football. You don't get time nowadays. They're a nightmare. And, um, but he's very strong-minded, strong-willed, and he'll stand by his guns to, to get what he wants, you know? Yeah. So is you that, that going to be... Oh, go on, Andy. Do you, think he's gone in, or, do you think he's gone into management at, and I mean this respectfully, a too lower level? where we, quite a few people speak about Gerard and Lampard. They go in at too low a level and they get frustrated at the players. They can't do what they expect them to do or what they could do. Do you think that's maybe... Because obviously he's been at Crawley at Notts County. Andrew, you know what? Absolutely spot on. Spot on. And we've spoken about this. And for me, he, he needs to be in at a top League One championship team because his training methods are very good. But what you just said there... You know, and I've found that with some of my players in pairing. I've got um, two players who play outside the country, one for PSV Eindhoven and the other at Michelin and Fulham. And their time gets so frustrated with the rest of the players because they'll never get to that level where they've been. And Harry's the exact same. And we, we've spoke about this. I said, what you're doing, even when we're together, I said, what you're doing, I said, the higher you go up, them players will get it. But 
And, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you've got to adapt. But as I say, the, I can see your point definitely. And it has been spoken about with him, you know. Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably applied for those jobs, though, hasn't he, Fino? And just obviously not had the rub of the green to, Mark, to get the jobs. No, you know yourself. You look at it now. Look at the managers. And what gets made difficult? It's, it's a merry-go-round. You come out of one, you go into another. And it's, it's so hard. And that's why I'm glad and aware that I'm out of it. You know what I mean? I'm out of the country mm. and I'm in a different place where I can, you know, put my, my, my new ideas and what I want. And I, I just look and think sometimes it's just the same people get the same jobs and, you know, and the same. Uh, I just, uh, it winds me up well, a little it, bit, you know. It still, it still shows kudos to um, Harry Kuhl that that is not thinking, well, you know what? I haven't got that job. I'm not going to take those lower league. Harry Kuhl, he's on left wing, yeah. right hand side. Right hand side. Is a player who's played in midfield, but he's played right midfield. For me, he's the fittest, fittest player I've ever played with. And this person used to eat Chinese's, used to have a beer, broke all the rules. But what a player he was. Probably England international, now a manager. And he played centre mid, but he also filled in right mid. Oh, there's so many you could you can make that comment to, but the Chinese yep. thing and not being that fit's thrown me. So I'm going to go. Ah, uh, do you know what, Stevie G? No. Where do you play with this person? Leeds. They feel the Leeds in that era because you were an incredible era. I mean, working under I'll get to it in a sec. I'll get to back to the player, but working with O'Leary, what was he like as a manager? Um, David was all right here. <laughs> yeah, he was okay. Um, you know, he he probably at the time found it a bit hard from manager to from assistant to manager, but you know, he uh, he got the respect of his players, and he was totally different to George Graham. I'm being honest. Um, but I got in the first team squad twice on the bench. I got a bad injury, and uh, then uh, you know, it's like your name's there and your name falls. But as I say, the had great times. I loved it. And um, that's where these these players at that time, I've got to mention them because they were, what were the third, fourth in Europe at that time, you know? Oh, yeah. It was just a hair's whisker away from Champions League final if they hadn't lost yeah. to, to Valencia. Yeah. What was it like when that whole thing came crashing down though there? Because, I mean, you know, it, it really did within a matter of months. Yeah, it's, don't get me wrong, I still speak to Mr. Chairman now, Mr. Ridgedale. Um, I went on to a couple of clubs with him, but, you know, I look at it now, the... You know, they can't take away the enjoyment we had there and the team and the spirit. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we just got to concentrate on the football no matter what went on behind the scenes. And um, as I say, it was a fantastic club, great club, and it's great to see Leeds back with it below. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And, and playing playing beautiful football as well under Bielsa. So Very even good. though I just tried to buy myself some time, I'm going to need another clue. <laughs> Bay London boy, and he's now a manager. He's now a manager. In the championship, manager of the championship. I'm going for all the Leeds players. Woodgate, that he sent back, he's man, he was there. He was manager in championship now. <laughs> he was a center mid, but he filled in right midfield as well. He could play both. Goal scored midfielder, scored goals for fun, fit as oh, hell. This is going to really annoy me if I don't get this. Really fit. Oh, oh no, he's not a manager. I was about to say Milner, but he's not a manager. No, no. <laughs> or older, older, older. Played for Newcastle, West Ham. Played for Birmingham. England International. 
No, go on. I don't know why my brain's gone. Lee Boyer. I, I forgot he was at Leeds. Yeah, Lee Boyer. I just to, I don't know why. Yeah, all I see him as is Newcastle um, and Charlton. Obviously, managed Charlton for a while, and now he's manager of yeah. Birmingham. Birmingham, yes, Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. yeah. Oh, Boyer, great in his day, and obviously he's quite famous. For some pl- yeah. some people, he's he's famous for his argy bargy with Kieran Dyer. Was it him had the argy bargy with him on the pitch? Yes, yes, with Car- uh, Kieran Dyer. Yes, yes, Kieran yeah. Dyer. But, um, yeah, it was good. I mean that good. group, that group of players. Wow, absolutely incredible, phenomenal. absolutely phenomenal. Do you know what? Do you think Bowyer was a victim of um, maybe not being a fashionable player? Because obviously, in that era, you had Skulls, Gerrard, Lampard. That, yes. I mean, it goes on forever. He's not yes. a very fashionable name. What he did wasn't very invoked. You know what I mean? 100%. He was what you'd call a rough and ready box-to-box midfielder. Don't get me wrong. Schools for me, if not the greatest midfielder in the world. What you said, Lampard, box-to-box. But Bo had, and Gerard, Bo had that rough and ready edge to him as well. You know what I mean? He was nasty. Um, and as I said, he, he, he was always in where it hurt at the right time. Uh, and yes, don't get me wrong, he, he could play, but what I know what you're saying about the flair the Emmons had and but he had pure determination and attitude. Um, got him, and as I say, his goal record was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he was. You forget about his his goals record, and then he obviously changed his game when he when he went on to particularly Birmingham. It, it really yeah. changed his the way he played, and um, quite a lively dressing room at Leeds. I know you've spoken about Luton, about Northern yeah. Ireland, but I but was it a lively dressing room or where there's so many kids that were coming through? Yeah, it, was. it was a bit weird. The dressing room was phenomenal. It was uh. Even the injured players, we used to have an injured player's day out. You had to be injured to get on the bikes. We used to meet up on the bikes, get our helmets on, cycle to the bacon shop, have our bacon. And then we used to do a pub crawl around all the pubs in the village. Because you know what it's like? You're in the, you're injured and with long-term, Woodgate, David Barry, um, myself, I'm just trying to think of an the play, Paul Robinson. There was loads there and other ones and, because you're injured and you feel you're out of it a wee bit. So we used to organise for, for the injured players and ask to go on the lap we used to have. But also with the players, uh, the change room where Christmas parties, I remember getting getting trailed through a building site. Cause I was in the first team squad at the time, of was 17. Getting trailed through a building site naked, where if you've done it now, you'd have the historical crimes. <laughs> crimes coming after you. Um, handcuffed the goalposts. Uh you just and, and you know what? I'm not lying. That's what made me and why I respect and have discipline to this day because I look at some of the kids that drive up at the training grounds, they're 30 grand Mercedes. We don't have to do jobs no more. We don't clean boots. I've got my wash bag. They'll be released in two years. Where then yeah. we were clean the change rooms, clean your pros boots. But what a team spirit. And one of the Christmas parties, we dressed up as cowboys and Indians. And uh I remember walking down Leeds High Street, and I think it was Gary Kelly at the time. He was dressed as a cowboy, and he let on. He ran on the bus and then on the run the bus, and I thought it was a holdup because he had a fake gun, and he was dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that's the tra- kind of team spirit we had in Leeds, you know. <laughs> awesome. And who was your um? Who was your pro? Who were you wore cleaning boots for? Jimmy Hasselbank, and there's a great story behind it because. <laughs> uh, to be fair Jimmy I'll mention Jimmy later you'll get that one but Jimmy uh, 
was a pro, obviously, then, big signing, and I was his boot boy. So usually, come Christmas, your your pro give you money to go back to wherever you went. Gary Kelly gave us pro, 250 punts it was at the time, 250 pounds. So I'm thinking, yes, Jimmy has paid player the club, here we go. His boots are phenomenally clean. He gave me a pair of legs, two sizes too big. So I'm standing there going, are you fucking taking the piss out of me or what? Here? <laughs> and I'm uh, thinking, what? So I thought nothing of it. So six years later, I obviously go to Cardiff. Yeah. And a great physio at Cardiff, Sean Connolly, rings me up and he goes, Fino, and says what? And he goes, you know Jimmy? And I went, yeah, why? And he goes, we're about to sign him. And I went, fucking yes, here we go. And he went, why? And he goes, well, he says, uh, he says, he's looking through all the pictures and he sees you in the phone. He goes, oh, I know him, mate. And I went, good. I says, tell him they see him tomorrow. So I walked in the, the next day. Oh, what? I says, you, you fucking tight C-U-N-T, I call <laughs> I don't fucking forget six years ago. Sorry for the French, by the way. I don't forget six years ago. I said, now nah, you can't because I'm a pro. And he went, oh, oh, straight on the back foot. I went, stick it up your arse. I says, I'll give you the 50 pounds. <laughs> so, uh, that was Jimmy back at uh, back at Cardiff. So I got me own back. Good old Jimmy Floyd Asselback. Because <laughs> so, um, yeah. we've had other people on here before who have a who have a dig at Marv, um, who used Everyone to clean his boots. Dig at Marv. Um, you've you've had quite a few pros coming through um, who've you've who you've had wash your boots, Marv. Is that right? And you were a bit you were maybe a bit tight on the. On the finances? <laughs> Tight on the finances. Listen, some of the lads who I cleaned my boots could have gone and brought a car with some of the money I've given them over the years. <laughs> so, listen, let's just put that straight. It's a central midfield. We've okay. had Bowyer and Harry Kuehl. Off you go. This one I've got to because, for me, great captain, great leader, great player, calm and composed, Fantastic career at the top level, highest level, and he's still playing now. He's still playing now? Yes. Not in the Premier League? No. He's just literally won a league title again. Oh. Go on, Andrew. Oh, no. Can't be him. No. Well, you don't want to say it. No. No. He totally ignore me. I was about to say somebody that he can't be. Oh, unless... Hang on. No. Yeah. Stephen Davis. Correct. Yeah. See? I've got to go with my gut. I was going that yes. way and I thought, hang on, yeah, did Rangers win it? And I wasn't sure if Rangers won a title or not. I got conf- I confused Andre, myself. Andre, maybe he's going to fall out in a minute if you don't understand. <laughs> That's my blood. Maybe he's going to fall out in a minute if you say that Rangers win it. Hey, fuck's sake, that's, bla- that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. <laughs> 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 did you did not he fly over and do the celebration in Glasgow like all the fans oh, were yeah. I've got my Rangers flag in, in Bulgaria in my office on the side with a Queen's crown on it don't you worry about that <laughs> hey. <laughs> so Stephen Davis great player yeah. so you play with him obviously um, for your country yes from a country um, um, he's just you know what? You, you don't realise how good the kid is. He's a, you can tell whenever top players can receive the ball when people are right up, and Marvel knows that's right up their arse. He's just so composed. Nothing changes with him. And uh, what is he, 35, 36? Southampton, Fulham. You know what I mean? 
Rangers and whenever Rangers as well were were the good players, Mendes, no disrespect to now, but Pedro Mendes is, you know what I mean, Barry Ferguson's, he, uh, you know, was in there and, and now, and, and as I said, he, he just won the, I think the Scottish Player of the Year award at 35, you know, um, and he's led a team there, he's led a team there unbeaten all season, so, you know, and when you have Steven Gerrard, someone like him come out and say that this player could play for the next five years, you know, you're a good player, you know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So you spoke then about playing for Northern Ireland. Um, who's your first, who's your debut against? My debut was against Liechtenstein. And it was funny because I got an international cap for the senior team before I got an under-21 cap. And uh, I remember, yeah, weird. I remember Jimmy Magilbin, remember, Marv? And you got Jimmy and Jimmy, yeah, of course, yeah. Yes, well, M2 took me away up the top of the mountains and uh, just said, go and enjoy yourself. And, um, you know, with, with, with that, and, and, you know, I looked at them too, two good good characters, good players. And, uh, yeah, and you know what? I've got a couple of funny stories for Northern Ireland after, if you want them. One's a belter that's still used in coaching yeah. courses. Still used in <laughs> coaching courses this day. Uh, really? <laughs> it's a belter. Something in belter, so this, you'll laugh your balls off on it. I can't, I can't believe that it must be really quite like cringing then for you not to say it on here then. Oh, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you on here whenever you want it. You ask me your questions. You know, we've had some, I'm not messy, I've had some, seen some things around international setup. I can, um, I can believe, Pino, I can believe that. Knowing you, I can believe that. Trust me, yeah, I can believe that. But obviously, there's, you know, uh, it's funny. And I wouldn't want to fire people under the boss, but there's been... No, of bad. course, and that's, and that's important. That's important. No, you know that's very mean? important. But, but, I've, no problems, I've no problems telling this one at all. No, I know. No, I know. I just want to just ask you a, a, a serious question now, because you are, I mean, yeah. you are quite serious. You, you, you seem to like know that you've got a lot of knowledge about a game, and it's a case where when I first encountered you, I mean, you was like, this was it coming? Was it from Bournemouth? You came, was it Bournemouth? You come no, to come from, Stockport. I went to Stockport. Stockport. And, and you know what? I was just saying to Andrew earlier, I'd agreed to come and then I'd signed a pre contract with Stockport, so I went then at the year, you know, right, right, right. But like, you, you, you was always in for me, always in like, not it was just about playing and getting away. You was interested in the actual game. So, when did your fascination of wanting to be a manager come about? Was it always something which you, you felt that you wanted to do? Yeah, 100%. And I think more, I remember me, you and Robbo went and done our badges. I was 26 at the time. Robbo was still playing. Uh, and obviously, you know, I was actually brought up with Mark Cooper not long ago, but at the time I took us in the Royal Bar and uh, Big Dicey is all right at the back. But uh... <laughs> I've told you that story. Hey, listen, I, 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 I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking, Fino. I told someone that story the other day where, like, we walked into that bar, all that pub, and it was like, <laughs> it just so happens that he was, Andrew, he wasn't even like in the front. So it was a case where like, not being funny, you see all these white faces and then you see this black face. And then, right, you're thinking like, the bar is just quiet. Not a single <laughs> word from anyone in this whole place. They're just like, what the hell? Who are they? And then you hear, and then you hear like, 
we, we, we waiting for we waiting for someone pushing through. It's been, you know, pushing through from the back. So obviously, <laughs> making sure everyone's got in. And they've all gone, oh, fuck, it's only one thing. Oh, my gosh. So thankful that he did at that time. Because... You, you, you know what? You know what? The um, I brought a physio over over with me from the UK. I remember he's an ex-soldier, Scottish, and he phoned me one day when I was over here. Year, this is years ago, about seven years ago, and he was over doing a coaching thing with his son. And he goes, he phoned me up. I said, "Yep, go down to the Royal Bar and meet you because he knows it well, Sandy Road. He goes, go down, yep, make it down there, no problem." So he walked in. He said, "It was like the Wild Wild West." He said, "I'm standing there," and I said, "Can I have a pint?" And the guy looked at me, got me a Who are you waiting for? He said, and he said, you this day, this unit come out. Who are you waiting for? Just waiting in a friend. He said, thank God you walked in, because my horse was going like that. I went, oh, no, you're not going to It was, it was literally, I mean, the lads' face were like, they were like bees of sweat coming down their faces, because obviously, like, it was just literally not, I could hear a pin drop in there. I tried to act all cool. I was just like, Keeping my mouth shut. Uh, no, thank you question. Um, yeah, I just thought, and you know what? I like to. I probably like the management side of it more, more than the coaching. For me, I'm not being disrespectful to people or rude, and I move with the times. But these head coaches, for me, a manager's got to see over everything. You live and die by your signings. You know what I mean? You've got to have control yeah. of who you want to sign, what you want to do, and, and also, I'm a big believer. If you're on the coaching part all day, every day, the players get sick and bored. I try and sometimes go down, stand out of the road so they can see me, but mm. I'm far enough away from them so they don't know what mood I'm in and they'll be going, fucking hell, what's he like today? You know what I mean? So, because I think if right. you're 24 7 on them, I think it's, I used to get bored, you know? No, it's, it's very much the same philosophy what Newley was like. Newley was like, used to say the same thing. You, like, yeah. you know what he was like, he used to like, let Steenie do the session yeah. or I'll take the session with Steenie and they, yeah. he'll come down yeah. and he'll join in and uh, sometimes yeah. he'll, he'll just stand and watch. And, and like yeah. you just said there, I think it's, it's spot on because when it comes to now the, the game and the manager is talking, you don't, you've not heard his voice all week. So you're going to listen because obviously yeah. it's not, as I call it, yeah. sometimes I say when people start saying the same thing over and over again, it's just noise coming out of their mouth. But like, yeah. you're, you're right, spot yeah. on. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So next is Stephen Davis, the Rangers legend. You mentioned one Steve McPhail, phenomenal player. Um, very, very good. But one I liked, and you'll probably find it, very, very hard. And I get asked this question, even with players I've played against, and don't get me wrong, I've played the Pirlos, Iniesta, Javis, but there was one player who was the best middle of a team in Holland, and he ended up doing his cruciate on the day that just agreed a four and a half million pound transfer back in 2009. And for Did me, he- would have been on he, he would have been the best. You, you could have hung, you could have hung a cigar off the crossbar. He'd have hit it from thirty yards with both feet. Did he um, play for West Ham? No, no. He he was at Swansea, but whenever Martinez left for Wigan, he put a bit in for him straight away. And the kid done his cruciate on the morning of training. Four and a half for me would have been the best. You'll you'll find it hard to get him. I'm being honest. Um, he he was like phenomenal. I've never seen the. 
some of the things he could do. He could pick a pass with both feet, 40, 50, 60 yards, no problem. He was that, Marv, he was that good. I'm telling you, that good. Oh, you think you're fine hard. So where else was he at? Where else did he play at? He was at Den Haag. That's where they got him from, 30,000. And he went to, when he got fit, and it was hard on the kid because he just wasn't the same player. Um, he broke his leg, I think, after that. And he went to Derby for half a million. But, yeah, I would have loved this scene whenever Martinez had him at Wigan because he would have he would have been on the, for me to be one of the best. Wooters? No. Good guess, Robbie. I mean, no, I'm not going to get it. Nah, go on. His name was Ferry Butter. In research him. He was... I mean, you've got to... He was that good. And as I said, you've played with a lot of midfielders. You named there, Ricardo Simiga, Maca. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even Nico, the ones that we had at Luton at that time. But this boy was special. Very, And he went on to have a good career, don't get me wrong. But he would have been even better if he hadn't had the injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a striker. You like these, you like these, Marvel. We are on to strikers forwards. Let's go. I'm not going to mention Jimmy. I've mentioned him, and I'm just thinking I've got two that probably superstars, world superstars of both of them. One I still speak to a lot, three times a week. Never, ever, didn't hold the ball up, but you put the ball in the box. He was there, and his nickname's God. You got it, Andrew? I've got a logical guess. Go on, Marv. <laughs> well, you know, I know he's 100% who it is. If you're not what, sure... God? No, the player. I knew oh. the player before. He, he, I knew I'm going to go he... David Healy. No. Um, give him a clue. Um, left, he, left, right foot. He is, I think, the third all-time Premier League goal scorer. I don't think Andrew... It's, 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 it's hard for him to... I don't know if he'll get this. because He won't put the connection. Go Robbie on. Fowler. Say it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At Leeds. Oh, Leeds or Cardiff? Cardiff. 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 Yeah. Because he was at Leeds um, for a while as well. Was he at he Leeds when he was there? He, no, he had just left when he went to, to Leeds. But yeah. we were 10 days in the pre-season and Robbie came in late. And so we all thought, yes, here we go. Robbie, big balls fouler, here we go. We'll sit and watch him. He went over <laughs> the fitness coach. He went over the fitness coach to do extra training. And I swear to God, he'd done 20 shots. This is no word of a lie. I was sitting there with my tongue hanging out. He'd done 20 shots in around the box. He scored 19, and the keeper saved the other. <laughs> his, and you know what? It's finishing. And, but as a person, as I said to you, he's if not, he's one of, if not the best mate. We speak so much. Spoke yesterday, actually. Um, we spoke two, three times a week. So down to earth. And I mean, but what a player he was. What a good score. You know what I mean? I speak. I, I speak more of the big Lance Ferdinand. He's a QPR. We done our badges together, and, and right. they said to me, "Fucking, what's a striker he was?" He said, "Well, if not the best, you know." And that's coming from Les. What a striker he was! Right. And he's and he's, a, he's a manager now somewhere. Where is where is he? He's, he's in, in India. Somewhere. He's in India. India. That's it. Um, yeah. So uh, East Bengali Tigers, I think they are. But that's right. Yeah. Look, he's yep. uh, he's a bit like he looks into football deep as well, but he knows that he knows that. Breakaway as well to, to be a proper manager because he's played on the fantastic managers himself, you know? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, talking about what I said earlier on about Harry Kuehl, Fowler was over here and there yes. were whispers that he had the same problems at Brisbane Raw getting frustrated. There were whispers about, mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any truth behind that, but there were whispers about the frustration of quality of player. 
Yeah, and uh, at, at the start, man, that's why I brought in a few English boys, but I think with his record come the end of it, he done quite well with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was all COVID stuff that caused yeah. him to end up yeah. leaving. But but as a player, as a player and a striker, yeah. though, wow. Phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. You know, yeah. Um, really, See, what did he teach you? Did he? Did you have? Obviously, you were you were you were into your career by that stage. Um, did he reteach you stuff? Did he? Did you learn much from him about? I, I, I think you've got to. You know what I mean? I, I said even a manager, I don't think you can turn around and say you've cracked it. You've done it. You're learning every day. And when you've got players like that, look, I go and watch as many teams as I can. Um, when I can, to watch and train to pick up new things. But when you have a player like him coming in. You know what I mean? I, I think, you, you know, you, you've got to. And that's where I get back to these kids nowadays in the academies. They turn around and go, I don't need to watch him. Who's he? Where I always tell my boys even to go and watch videos off them. And I still do, you know, Ibrahimovic, Aguero. I tell my wee lad, they go, go and tell me the difference of the two of them, what they're good at. You go in these academies now, no disrespect. Who? Who's he? I don't need to watch him. You know what I mean? That's where... I think football's gone a wee bit that way. You know what I mean? There's too much done for these kids. They're, they're five-star health clubs you're getting into now, you know? <laughs> now you're right. Fina, but was... I mean, you might have... Andrew might have already asked you a similar sort of question because obviously I've been cut off a lot. Was you always a striker when you were growing up as a kid or was you like a different... Um, like a winger or a midfielder and yeah. then all of a sudden someone... Yeah, you know what? I started off as a centre-back as a kid. Not, well, with a school played me. But when I went to Dundee United, Craig Levine, who I loved as a manager, probably the fittest I've been, he played me right midfield. And you know what? I, I didn't have the ability, like a winger, to go. But I made sure that left winger wasn't getting past me. And, you know, coming up against the big boys was Aidan McGeady. And I remember, and I didn't care, he was quick. Lord bollocks then. I put you it right over there. Sorry? You weren't exactly yeah. slow, was you? I wasn't slow, but you know what I mean? But when you're as a winger, I'm going, when you've all the tricks, I'm going, I step over the ball, I fall. But I made sure that way. I think it's a bit ignorant nowadays, more where you ask players to go and fill in position. Oh, and I've had it this year. Oh, I can't, I've never, I'm going, if you're named to play, I don't care if you said to me you're playing goalkeeper, fucking I'm in that first 11. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you do a job. And I think nowadays it's that's where I say I've had it and I'm going, no problem. Don't forget about it. No problem. I don't need to entertain them there. Like I had a mm. I had a 17-year-old the other day in the last game who I think right back, right back Mars, been up training with us the last two months. Give him his debut, 70 minutes, he waves to the bench. I'm tired, I want to come off. <laughs> I, turn, I, turn, <laughs> I look like that. I went, what did he say? What did he say? And he goes, he wants to come. You're fucking staying all right, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. And, uh, I'm tired. I want to come off. He actually said that, Fino. I'm tired. I want to come off. He was tired. He was tired. And uh, I said, you're staying on. You're staying on the pitch. So we ended up, scored two quick goals. And I went, I bet you fucking do want to come off now, do you? But uh, <laughs> I, I turned around. I turned around to the academy coach and I turned around and said, there's a difference. Look at the fitness levels. I said, load of bollocks. And that's where Marv, I can't take, I can't take people getting cramped. Can't accept it. It's an absolute, right. you know yourself, you're landing the pitch, oh, cramp the calf. For me, it's a weakness to the opposition. I'm sitting yeah. there going, he's, he's bollocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't accept it. 
can't accept it. No, I, no, I know, I agree with you, but I mean, uh, what I what I cringe mm. about now is for that whoever that lad is. I mean, I mean, he's going to struggle for him. I mean, one, Fina, you know as well as I do. One thing is to know yourself you're physically tired and that you're yep. thinking that you can't yep. go no more but yep. you don't open your mouth and you actually come out yep. and say no. that to anyone no no so, i mean no. And, and, that, and you know what marv you know yourself when you're tired you've got to go extra harder because you'll fall into that low you've got to yep. train harder you know what i mean when you hit that tire, you've got to go bollocks i've got to go even harder here you know yep. where but it goes back to what i said you and i'm not nailing the academies but you know yourself, Marvin, you were off, but you can't speak to kids now. You, you know, no. as just said, the Andrew, when I was at Leeds, I got tied to a goalpost naked, trailed through a building, said, I could bring out and earn a fortune here for all of bad memories. And that's, that's what made me. That's what right. made me, you know what I mean? I just can't. I look at these, I look at these kids turning up in Mercedes, Okay, I had one. You know what? I had one. This is a short uh, a story. I had a kid I took in from Chelsea. From Chelsea. Emergency goalkeeper, 19. Seventh choice at Chelsea when I was at Newport. He played the first game because the goalkeeper. His wife lost a baby. Bless him. Next thing, he wasn't my number one, so I left him out. His agent rang me. Why is he not playing? I says, because he's not. What do you want me to tell you? He's not. Uh, but he's done well. I says, yeah, he's done well, but I took he wants to go back. I said, no problem. I said, if he wants to go back, no problem. So he come in. I said, look, I have no problems. You want an experience. You're seventh choice at Chelsea. You're not guaranteed to play anywhere. I'll decide. I sent him back after a week. Five grand a week. And he pulled up on a 75 grand Mercedes. Where is he now? Oh, no clue. My gosh. Jeez. Five I mean, grand right. a week is number seven five choice. Five grand a week. And that was it. 19 years of age, pulled up nice. on a 75 grand Mercedes, and he's got no club now. No club. Well, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Like you said, I mean, again, going back, I mean, it probably is a little bit like, well, no, you got tied to a goalpost. It's, it's probably on par. But I mean, I, I mean, I was similar when I was apprentice. I mean, jokingly, just gave like a hand gesture, right, <laughs> out one night to a couple of senior pros. Uh, and like next morning, that was it. And this is like in front of the manager, David Pleat. I've they, they've gone. Oh, he was he was like bad mouthing me last night. He was out on the town. I don't, it was like jolly big bollocks. Now not so big. Now are you? And they pick me up and they grab me and I'm trying to like get loose, get loose. Pleat, he's there, just like he just turned a blind eye. Took me, in the, <laughs> took me in the bath, right and. Obviously, put you know the white stuff you put on boots or the white, yes, um, yes, to keep, yes, keep the white, yes, bang, the bang, all, over, all over me, all over me, all over me, all over me. And I was in, and they just threw me in the bath. That was it. Don't be cheeky again. <laughs> Fine, really, not. And you know what, more if you look at the respect and the discipline, I'm telling you, now you yeah. can't, you can't, you know what. I had an incident at Newport, and uh, because the academy, the academy was. In uh, the school we trained that, but anyway, the academy director phoned me up and good lad, good lad he was. Byron, he said, Look, of an issue, two of the kids have turned up the school drunk. One's been released, three kids there was, one already been released, they've turned up being sick all over the car park. And he said, One of them can drive. And I said, No problem. I said, Look, I'll be able to get the car keys. And da-da-da. he says, Tell them to come to my office the next day. So they come in the office. 
I said, you two, big boys, hey, big boys turned up for... T-. I said, just want to be sick, because I'll make you fucking sick. So I took them outside. I took them outside. I run the balls off them, up and down the pitch, up and down the stand. And I said, I'll make... And sat there and watched, just kept what until they were physically... Next thing, a welfare officer at the door, come into the office. Ah, uh, you can't uh, such safeguarding, you can't... Um, I said, why? And they went, because you can't treat the, the... I said, hold on a minute, them kids... And to be fair, the kids done it. I ended up giving them pros. They were good kids. I said, them kids volunteered to do it. They wanted to do it. That's the only way I got around it. Or else yeah. I was stupid. I just said, but and, who, uh, who, who, who grassed you up? Well, you know, the people's there in the training ground, and you know what it's like. But they're not all talk, Marv. And uh, I said, look, I'll tell I wasn't so. I said, I'll tell you one thing. I not interfered in your job, but this is the way I was brought up. And this is the, these kids all there. You can't do it. And I says, well, they're volunteers. And the kids were good as gold. Good as I ended up giving them two two pros, a good players. But they got right. pissed at them. That's why I can see I don't hold grudges against anything you can't, but I'm just sitting there going, a welfare officer. Oh, don't tell me what to do with football, you know? <laughs> oh, you're right. Uh, right. So next right. to Robbie Fowler, the other striker. This striker. Sharp, very, very sharp. Broke a record, 10 goals in a row. We run around together down there. He was down, I was down at my own. Played England International for years. Played for some big, big clubs. Did he play for, did he play for Spurs? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Very, very sharp. Did he play for Middlesbrough? I don't think he did. No. Oh, okay then. Not mine. Not the one I was thinking he of. Was very sharp. to turn right foot, left foot. Got shots off. What you would want to see in a striker? Got shots off early. Scored hell of a lot of Premier League goals. Played for West Ham. Played for Spurs. Oh no! <laughs> Played for Bournemouth think. twice. Twice. Yep. Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. And he's as he just won the tight. A look, Rangers? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah. yeah. You're right, Marv? Defoe. Defoe? There you go. <laughs> Jermaine Defoe. Defoe. Jermaine, I come down to Bournemouth first, and Jermaine was down, and the kid was 18. And to be honest, I've always said to strikers that growing up, go and watch Jermaine Defoe or go and watch Ian Wright, because there's been, a, and obviously Robbie fits in as a different kind, but there's been a different striker. They were phenomenal at getting across the front post, the sharpness off him and around the box, getting shots off. I love strikers like that there. And as I say, DJ, Jermaine at Bournemouth, he scored 10 goals in a row at that time. And the kid, the kid, he stayed behind the training, all working. And I take some of the sessions. He had obviously learned at West Ham at the time and do them with my boys now, but everything was sharpness and around the box. And he was... Uh, Phenomenal striker, absolute phenomenal striker, and um, not a bad strike force to be honest. I've got Robbie and uh, Jeremy, no. and your goals there between the two, <laughs> and the Harry Kill chipping a few in as well. <laughs> but like, the funny thing is, what you're just saying about especially those two players, but in general, all players, you know, is that sometimes I think when these players get to the stage where they are at the top of their game and everyone can see like Fowler like being yeah. the third like yeah. top scorer in the premiership and go they all these kids now just see that's they just see the end result. They don't see 
Like you yeah. just said about Robbie Fowler yeah. with those balls and shooting yeah. and Jermaine Defoe yeah. and like yeah. session after session after after session yeah. after training, doing finishing. Yeah. That's, that's why they are where they are yeah. because of the exactly. work they put in. It's not like you just see the end product when you see them scoring goal after goal after goal. You know, that's what I think some of this, these kids struggle with is to get in the perception of like, you have to put the work in. No, Marv, you know what? You're 100% right because, you, and you know yourself, you've had to pull these boys off the training grounds where now too many people want to live the life of a footballer. They want to come in, for me, at, around that age, come in, train, what have I got in the afternoon? Go for my coffee, go into Selfridges, go to Harris, go and spend this, go... You know what I mean? Where there's there's Robbie played the he was what thirty-five? There's Jermaine still playing, he's what thirty-six? Yeah. You know what I mean? And still scoring goals where uh, it's as I say to you, you're spot on. You know what I mean? That the more work you put in, and, and I got asked this question the other day in Bulgaria. And I played lucky enough to play against Messi, lucky enough to play against Ronaldo. And I was asked the question, who do you think's a better one? Ronaldo for me is Power, he's worked, worked, don't get me wrong, absolutely phenomenal talent. You don't get to what he's done. But he's trained, got better. See Messi when I played against Messi. You see him in the TV. See when you see him in real life. He's, I can't describe him. The ball is glued to his feet. He's at no sense of gravity where he just, I tried, I think I tried to kick him more than Andre 10 times. I couldn't get near him. And I mean, nothing. I tried to, I just thought, bollocks this, mull him, and I could not get near him. He was that sharp. He just knew, he knew how to ride tackles, is the old expression. He was, right. and for me, he was born mate, born mate, where Ronaldo, unbelievable, don't get me wrong, to a certain extent born, but I think he's, the say yeah. he was in the first of the morning, last to leave, you know, um, and I totally agree with your kids, you can't get them, you can't get them out now, this, you know. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, question in terms of, obviously, Robbie and Jermaine, but other strikers as yeah. well. You spoke about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Um, when they turn up, are you as a striker, do you think, wow, I've got up my game now? Or do you go, oh, for God's sake, it's somebody else? Or does you see, do you see it as a challenge? Or how does it feel um, when, it, when the gaffer brings in somebody else? Do you feel like it's a middle finger up at you? Yeah, I think totally. Look, I had the situation when I was at, Leeds, obviously, and Jimmy had come in. Robbie Keane had just come in. I got injured. I was in the first team squads, and you know yourself. I said at that time, Leeds were there. I got injured. You go back down to there, but in a way, I don't regret it because it gave me the balls and determination to start again and go and, and go and get a career. Um, at Cardiff, they signed me, and I was in the Northern Ireland squads at the time. And we were we had, we were some great games in the groups. We were going for qualification. I think we were top like. Next thing in comes Robbie Fowler and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbeck. And I thought, here we go again. Um, yeah. I wasn't one to sit there. I kept Dave Jones' door down and, no, you're not going, you're not going. I want to go alone, you're not going. And Robbie and Jimmy were on big money then as well. Um, they deserved it because they were top players. But, yeah, definitely. Um, I think at, at times you can, but I wasn't a person to sit back and accept it. I, I wanted to go and I took the move to Swansea. Yep. So you're talking about youngsters. You're not doing what the youngsters do nowadays. You weren't happy just warming the bench, wearing, wearing your nice jacket. You wanted to play football. That's what you, yeah, that's what you feel like you are born to do. 100% wanted to play football. I couldn't sit there and accept it, pick up my money. Because I know you might sit there for two years, one year, and think, um, 
all good. But then you'll know that what am I going to do after the year, two years? Where, where are you going to go then? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I think if you're playing your names there, you're, and I said to you about the goalkeeper, he's not going to club yeah. now. You know, where you got to go and play, go and play. It's all right picking up a little bit of money, but it's not going to keep you for the rest of your life. Get down. And uh, I think that's, uh, I just wasn't one to sit there and accept it. You know, you know yourself, Mark, getting prepared yeah. for a game, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon is what it's all about. You train all week to play on a Saturday, you know? Definitely. So what's, we're going to touch onto it now. I mean, your um, your manager, who, yes. which manager is the one to manage this 11 you've picked? Um, I love Newley because Newley didn't care about the opposition. Not a care about the opposition. All about us. All about us. But speaking to Andrew, and you were off at the time, um, Roberto Martinez, he, he learned me something in football that, and I said that, you know, always be honest. He, he caught me dead one day whenever I scored two goals. Uh, if you listen back, it was a great story. And uh, that's the one thing I learned with him. Um, he was very cool. Didn't show no emotions to you. Um, but he got his points and he was phenomenal to me. Very, very good at, you know, where I wanted to go. And um, <laughs> it's a boss ringing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the boss ringing me. I'm, I'm asking him for an hour million to bring in more players. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I mean, do, where do you, now, about managing yourself, where where, where, where do you see yourself? Where, where are you looking to have um, an end um, goal of yeah, obviously, international, you can never, premiership? Yeah. Or, I mean, where, no, where, where, where? You can never tell the future, you know what I mean? And no. um, I'm enjoying my time here. You know, I'm building something. And as I say, D, look, I think if you're not in the game to drive and be the best and go the highest you can, then, you know, they accept it and sit there and be comfortable. I'm not like that. I want to be a, a success. And as I say, D, look, I'm, I'm building something here and have a good good league next year. We're in against massive teams. And, uh, you know, it's something that I'll not fear, never feared as a player. And then uh, go and enjoy it and go, and go and give it the best. Look, as long as I walk away, no matter what happens, saying, I've given 100%. You know, whenever I win, I don't get high. When I lose, I don't get low. I've learned to just stay level-headed because you can never tell what's around the, the corner in football, you know? It's true. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think you'll do really well next year because, like, of your attitude and how your, your outlook is. Like you said, you I mean, you're, you don't fear anyone. And I'm sure if those players, like, have any way near half the belief what you've got, I mean, you're gonna, yeah. there's going to be some upsets, big upsets <laughs> next year. So... But, Marv, you're spot on. I was asked after when I won that, oh, you're coming up against Ludogorets, you're coming up against Levski, you're coming... My reply was, I don't care. I said, it's 11 by 11. I don't care who we're up against. I said, when I played with Northern Ireland, but played Spain and England, I said, I couldn't give a monkey's who we're playing. We're standing in the tunnel. I'm looking at you going, that's cool. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. straight away, the, the mentality of what people said in, in uh, the big team. I respect them. They're big teams, Marv, you know yourself, but... Yeah, you don't fear, fear them. Who cares? Go on against them and that's it, you know? No, definitely. Definitely. And for the Northern Irish fans amongst us, you were the third-generation Feeney to play for yes. Northern Ireland. You mentioned your lad. Yes. Um, yes. How's that going? Very good. Um, my little boy, hopefully, he's going to be the fourth, but... As I say, I'm not one of them people who, 
I don't put pressure, you know what I mean? I'm probably yeah. the biggest critic. I'm not one of them. I'm, I don't people think because, you know, he plays football, I coach him. I'm not. I said, son, go and learn in the back garden. That's where you learn the best. Don't disrespect anyone. I said, go and kick the ball off a wall. You know what I mean? You can, people can do this, do that. You can go here, go there. But it's your drive, your attitude. And as I said, I learned playing in the back garden myself. Um, you know, I don't, I think you can look at it. You go into the academies again, but you know yourself, when do you ever get kids now? They're all on their computers. I don't see a kid keep yeah. a ball up. You go to these academies, it's, you go to these academies, it's beat the block already at that age, and I'm going, what? <laughs> I'm you know what? I, here's one for you. I tell my youth academy bosses, said, don't worry about formations. Don't worry about what way you want them to play. Just give me, let them control the ball, pass the ball, I'll take care of the rest. That's all yeah. I say. You know, it is. It, it is. It's the it's, it's the mini. It is the mini newly with an Irish accent. That's when I was the youth team coach at Luton. That's all newly did. No, he did. He said he goes, "Wow, I don't care, right? If you like don't win the FA Youth Cup, I don't care. Obviously, if you get beat every single game, just tell me who the next player is coming through. Yeah. Just show me the next yeah. player. That's all I'm interested yeah. in. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, fantastic, fantastic. Well. It was fantastic to speak to you, Warren. Nice to meet you. And no um, problem. It was great to hear your best 11. And, ladies and gents, that was Warren Feeney's My Best 11. <laughs>